Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth. You're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, October 6th. Today is a jobs report day. And for once, I'm not going to promise you that I'll update the weekend pod if something weird happens because I am away. So uh, keep an eye on it. I don't suspect anything too wacky to occur. Um, and remember that the the general trend right now is that job growth is decelerating. That's what the Federal Reserve has wanted. They want job growth to decelerate. They want wage growth to moderate. They want, they want things to simmer down a little bit to help with the inflationary picture. So if it's something different, you'll have to read my analysis when I return. All right. Right now, let's do some emails. This one is from Lisa. Okay. Hi, Jill and Mark. I love your show. I've learned so much. I'm 55. My husband is 57 and we have no children. Oh gosh, Mark, this is terrible. My husband has been battling cancer for nine years. Oof. Currently, things are stable, but we don't know what the future holds. We hope he can retire in a few years since his medical issues are taking a toll on him both physically and mentally. I feel like we're doing fairly well financially, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Already, I'm just saying do it. I don't even care. We live in Washington State, and we both are signed up for the Washington State Family Medical Leave, which we use a handful of days per year. We both work full time. Lisa grosses $70,000 a year, and her husband grosses $65,000 a year. They have traditional 401ks. They're contributing 17%. Um, Wow. The employer matches up to 4% if they contribute 5%. Okay, so they recently added a Roth 401k to the mix, which we have not started contributing to. Here are the balances. Husband's is $399, hers $356. They've got a mortgage 30-year fixed rate at 2.5%, which she writes, yay, and so do I. The balance is $105,000. Since day one of our mortgage loan, we've been required to pay flood insurance. Currently, the cost is $100 a month and the rate fluctuates annually. We've paid extra towards the principal every month to pay off the mortgage so we can avoid the flood insurance. That's nuts. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. The house is worth $650. Don't you want flood insurance? I don't understand these people. You want to have flood insurance. That's a good thing. I hope you never need it. You have a $650,000 house and you don't want to pay an extra $1,200 a year to insure that against a flood? That is a mind-boggling choice. So I'm giving you a little bit of a break, Lisa, because, you know, you're not on the top of your game. Stop doing that immediately. Immediately. You want flood insurance. You don't want to avoid paying flood insurance. By the way, it's really hard to get flood insurance. 
So you're happy you have it. I once made a claim on my flood insurance and I was really psyched. So guess what? It's like an amazing deal. All right. So what else do they have? They have uh, 65 grand in a savings account, which is part of their emergency reserve. They've got Roth IRAs, 52 grand that is in his, 68 grand in hers. They're not contributing to those accounts. They've got a will and all their other estate documents. She's going to plan to work until she's 67. She says, I hope he can retire at 60 or soon after. Question. Okay. Should we continue to pay extra against the mortgage to pay it off and avoid paying flood insurance? No, no, no. Okay. There we go. Should we reduce our traditional 401k contributions to 5% and contribute the remaining to 12% to either a Roth 401k or the Roth IRAs? I think this, I'm going to just put this out there. How about right now that your husband just puts up to the 5% and puts everything else into the savings account? She goes down to 5% and she can put the money in the Roth or the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k, whichever platform she likes better. So go down to 5% for both of you. His extra money goes into your savings. Your extra money goes into your Roth. And that's it. And then you're done. Good luck. This is a this is a really intense time for you guys. And I am so sorry you have to deal with it. But I'm I'm happy to say uh, I think that they're going to be okay. It's just that I think you have to be real focused. And don't remember, every dollar you pay down on that mortgage is money you don't have available to you. And you want flood insurance. Okay? You want flood insurance. And by the way, you know, we always get emails from people saying we only talk to people who make boatloads of money. These people only make $135,000 combined, and they've done a really good job of saving. Well, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right about that. We keep getting those emails, huh? It's that damn guy who called in with $7 million who killed us. He killed us a couple of weeks ago. Just killed us. All right. I love the rich people and I love the poor people. But remember what my mom says, Mark, rich or poor, it is nice to have money. Uh, Yvonne writes that she's going to be receiving $350,000 from her mom's estate soon. She wants to use it wisely. She said, I want to secure my retirement and I want to help my newly divorced daughter who's got five children and an irresponsible ex-husband. Can I afford to? I listen to you and Mark regularly and I've learned so much. I need more information, Yvonne. I will say this. Most importantly, we secure you first. Then we'll talk about your newly divorced daughter. If we can secure your retirement and also then have the ability to help those kids out, great. But you first, okay? You've got to make sure that that happens. But we need to know a lot more about you. We need to know your age and your other money and what else is going on. Do you have a pension? And um, how long do you think you want to work? You know, other assets, a home, all that stuff that you hear us talk about. Listen to this one, Mark. My wife's father, this is from William. He says, my wife's father transferred 140 acres to her and her sister in April 2010 as part of their inheritance. Okay. At that time, the county assessment was $184,000. Just to be clear, when you transfer an asset, meaning you transfer that asset, what you're transferring is the money. What, you're alive. You transfer the asset. You transfer whatever it's worth. But you don't transfer just what it's worth in that moment. You transfer that and the cost basis where you acquired it. So he says at the time, the county assessment was $184,000. And now she's going to sell this land. And she says now the county assessment is about $280,000. The land is listed for five fifty. dollars 
first question, does capital gain for taxes start at the date of transfer or current date? Hmm. Let me burst this bubble, huh, Mark? This is going to be a toughie. William, your wife's cost basis is what your wife's father's cost basis was. So if the county assessment at the, in 2010 was 184000 you tell me when did he buy that land? If he bought that land and there is some purchase price that's listed somewhere or other, that's her cost basis. So if he paid, I'll give you an example. Let's say that he paid $50,000 for that land and he transferred it to her in 2010 and he was still alive. It's as if she bought it for $50,000. The assessment has nothing to do with it. Zero. And in fact, now that you're going to land is listed for 550, okay? Whatever the sale price is, let's say it's 550, it's 550 minus the settlement and all that. And you go down to where what is the cost basis? 50,000. So that's how capital gains are calculated. Not from a assessment and not at the time of transfer. The date of acquisition for your father-in-law to the sale price. And by the way, this is going to be a bear for you guys. I'm sorry to say. The second question was about suggestions for investment. We don't even know how much money you're going to be able to invest. They're retired. They have pensions. So we'd need to hear more from these folks. I cannot tell you how many times uh, I hear from folks who will say to me, my parents actually, you know, very generous. They gifted this thing to me. They put my name on the D. This is a tax issue that can be created very surreptitiously. So you have to be careful. No transferring of anything before you start thinking about the tax ramifications. All right, here's from David. Subject, can I afford two homes? My wife and I had our first child, and we realize we'll soon outgrow our Brooklyn one-bedroom condo. We're looking to purchase a house in Northern California. Oh, to take it, I was like, that's an expensive place. They want to take advantage of childcare from grandparents and to be near my wife's family. I'm unsure about what to do about our condo in New York. I'm not really interested in renting it out, but I don't want to sell it right away. My family's still in New York Metro, and I want more time to think about what to do next. All right, listen to this. The potential home purchase in California, monthly cost of five grand. The condo costs three grand, and it's worth maybe 900,000, and there's only 100 grand remaining. Oh, my God. Listen to this, Mark. Cue the hate mail. Our household monthly income pre-tax, $28,000. Is it financially prudent to keep the condo for the time being, or would we be way over leverage? This is what I would say. Sell that sucker. Sell it. Sell it. Why are we, what, what are we keeping this for? You don't want to rent it out. You know what? Stay at a nice hotel. Get an Airbnb. Stay with your family. Get that money. There's $800,000 of equity, and I don't see why you would keep this. Mark, do you disagree? But he doesn't want to sell it. To, he's going, he, I don't care. I'm not going to tell him what he wants to know. I'm wondering why he doesn't want to necessarily rent it out because one bedroom, I'm guessing he could probably get more than what his monthly cost is. Yeah. I think he just doesn't want someone in his stuff. But yeah, it's a lot of equity there. Yeah. I want that equity. If you're not going to sell it, honestly, then do rent it. Just rent it for a year and get all your good stuff out of there. But I want to tell you something. I'd sell that sucker. You never know. You never know. And, and maybe renting it is like a great idea because you have such a low mortgage balance. But the problem is they do have $800,000 of equity in that place. All right. Deep breath. Last one. Uh, here comes another one. Mark, people are torturing me today with this question. This is Don. 
I'm 66 and I'm working. I'm not sure how much longer I'll be working. I've got $350,000 in my IRA. I still owe $102,000 on the mortgage. Should I take the money out of the IRA and pay off my mortgage? I need a sound effect for what a bad idea this is. Come on, gang. Listen, I cannot tell you enough. When you're 66, having access to your money is much more important than the fact that some mind game that you're playing with yourself, like, I hate the debt. I mean, unless that is a 10% mortgage, which I highly doubt, no, do not take the money out of the IRA, pay the tax on the money, use the money to pay down your mortgage and no longer have access to the money. I have a mortgage. I have two mortgages. I hate it also. But you know what? I always just think back, hmm, you know what? What is the actual cost of this? If your mortgage is below 4%, please, please do not pay it off. Just don't, don't, don't. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's the program, Mark. And it's Friday. So I want to remind everybody that our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio, he is our executive producer, and he is the king of all things web at Jill on Money. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Please, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. Of course, if you have a question, go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and do let us know if you'd like to join us on the air. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.